Blog Talk Radio. everybody and welcome to the live morning show podcast up your volume where we talk about arts and living conscious good morning v how are you good how are you today nikki i'm good we just got back from uh, our little vacation in colorado Did I lose you no can you hear me hello yeah you just, you you just went in and out but i can hear you now i'm sorry uh, i was saying we just got back from our little vacation in colorado and um great it was awesome so i'm feeling good I'm feeling good too. It was both our, our, it was really our first, I mean, I'd been in Colorado for just like a day, but didn't do anything, but it was our first really Denver, Colorado experience. It was awesome. I'm obsessed. I'm definitely It's really beautiful. Yeah. I'm in Boulder right now. And I was just telling Nikki that if she thought Denver was great, she's got to try Boulder. Uh, I could definitely see myself living in Boulder for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, it's just beautiful. I mean, we get to see mountains, but it's just a different, I think what I was explaining to my cousin is just like the air is so crisp and refreshing. And it just, I don't know, I just, I really loved the vibe. I felt like it was, it was the perfect mixture of Boston meets LA because you have the mountains and the beautiful scenery like LA. And then you have the weather kind of like Boston and the city that's clean, like Boston. I felt like it was a very clean city, um, very mm-hmm. historic. I just felt like it was just, I, I loved it. I loved it. It was cool. Yeah. Very cool. And your show was fabulous. You did a show at the living room. That was great. Thank you. Yeah. I had a really good time. Um, it's cool to be able to kind of play shows. Cause you know, this, this world of artists is a lot smaller than people think. And, you know, by association, you end up finding and meeting a player that has played with a lot of people you've played with. And um, it's kind of cool to just be able to pick up and move to a a city for a weekend and, you know, just have a show with somebody I've never rehearsed with or met and just kind of um, jam with them. So that's definitely something that I always, you know, find really fun. Yeah, no, it was, it was really a lot of fun, and the weather was, like, perfect for us. It was, oh. you could, we could smell fall. This is the first time I've smelled fall since you graduated from Berkeley, because I would always come during the fall to visit you. And Yeah, um, I haven't, I haven't felt fall since, in five years, so it was, um, you know, I only go home at Christmas, so, I mean, I felt winter, um, but even, even still, even in the winters that I've been going back the past two or three years, I haven't seen snow, so... Um, it was definitely nice to get that, you know, you'll see all the leaves changing um, and and feel that like crisp 50 degree weather. Like I, I really loved it. I loved it. Mm-hmm. It was great. Well, it was great to spend time with you as well. And I'm excited about today's podcast. We have some exciting stuff happening. Yeah. Justin Hunt's going to be on with us. Um, he is the brand ambassador of Hip Hop DX. Um, and is also the host, writer, producer of The Breakdown, um, which is like a YouTube hip-hop 
editorial series. So I'm really excited to get in touch with him. I, you met him at Worlds, correct? I did. We're both Worlds tribe members, which uh, I don't yeah. know if everyone remembers. I know. Worlds is a, a global initiative of some of the um, – you know, groundbreaking leaders and, and minds in, in the world. And it's an invitation only event where we all get together and we brainstorm and we see how we can support each other. And I was fortunate enough to meet Justin there and our friendship has sort of developed, um, you know, since then. And that was in August. And mm-hmm. I've watched a lot of what he's doing. And it's just amazing because Justin also was back in the day an investment banker and how he switched from investment banking to music is uh, is something I really want to be able to share with all you guys, because I think a lot of people, you know, we like to talk about how following your passion can happen. And here's another example of someone who followed their passion. So it's going to be super exciting. That's awesome. I am really, really excited. You guys know me. I'm a big hip hop person. So I get excited to kind of, not only pick somebody's brain out, like, you know, with, with all this stuff, um, how we went from five years of investment banking all the way to, you know, hip hop. Um, and I'm just excited to, to hear what he's got to say. So I'm really thrilled about that. And speaking of music, I want to talk to you guys about my, my playlist. I'm really excited about a lot of the new music coming out. And I believe it was last week where I talked about all the new albums coming out. Um, or maybe that was two weeks ago, um, because I think last week I did a BET playlist. Um, but yes, this is um, new singles that are out. Maybe the albums are coming out next year, but these singles are out um, and they're they're awesome. So I definitely wanted to share these with you guys. Starting um, from the top, Currency is a rapper that I used to really like in college. I haven't really heard much of him. Doesn't mean he's not putting out new stuff, um, but he hasn't really... Um, you know, been talked about in a while. And Currency came out with a new video for his new single, Anybody. The video is really awesome. The song is really awesome. And I'm definitely happy to have him back. He's a great rapper. Um, So check that out. Anybody by Currency. Um, Robin Thicke and Nas. This is like like, one of my dream duos. I know. This is awesome. Song called Deep that just came out. Awesome collaboration. Um, awesome song. Obviously, Robin Thicke is a tremendous vocalist, but um, since the beginning of time, Nas has always been my favorite rapper alive. So I, I, I'm definitely a big fan of this song. Um, these are in no particular order because I just wanted to get the new music out. Give you guys a cool playlist to uh, reel in the the fall, uh, you know, fall weather with. But this is not in any particular order because it was just. I don't know. It's a little too hard for me to, to number these. They're all so different. Um, Solange has a lot of success right now. Um, Beyonce's mm-hmm. sister, Solange, she's been getting a lot of press on her new album. It's kind of blowing up under the radar in like kind of like an underground type of way. I haven't heard it on the radio, um, but I am hearing a lot of people talk about it. Um, a Seat at the Table is a single that's probably her most successful right now um and i believe that they're actually doing a video on it and i think it's like a little short film almost kind of like what her sister's doing um with lemonade and stuff like that so there should be a video series coming out on that but again that's solange a seat at the table um and i've been really into anderson Pock lately um my mom and i are actually um 
we know, you know, my friend Raquel and uh, Raquel actually is one of Anderson Puck's, um background singers. So I've definitely been like, you know, watching her success with him and getting really into his music. And he has, in my opinion, one of the best albums of the year. Um, and DJ Jazzy Jeff, our Philly, our Philly brother, I love him so much. Um, did a remix of Anderson Pac's song Room in Here, and it's super dope. I, I love the remix. I love what Jazzy Jeff did with it, and I love Anderson Pac's song. So just the collaboration of both of them is awesome, too. So, again, that's DJ Jazzy Jeff's remix of Anderson Pac's Room in Here. Um, John Legend has a new single out, Love Me Now. Awesome. Um, pretty standard John Legend track, ballad. Um, awesome track. Uh, check it out. Obviously, his vocals are unlike any other, so it's unbelievable. Uh, Bruno Mars came out with a new track called 24K Magic, 24 Karat Magic. Um, It's a little different for for Bruno. I think you guys will like this one. I think um, it's a good song for him to come back with, and I think he'll have lots of success once he releases either a mixtape or an album, whatever he's got in the works. Um, Always excited to hear stuff from him. I've always been a fan of Bruno Mars. I think he's amazing. Um, Just so that you know, I just couldn't hear you the last several times. Oh, I'm losing you. Hold on. Live radio, people. Um, I'm going to get somewhere where you guys can hear me. Yeah, um, because you keep going out. Okay, maybe I'll just... Can you guys hear me? Yeah, now I can hear you. Okay. Um, Did you guys hear DJ Jazzy Jeff? No, didn't hear that. Okay, so DJ Jazzy Jeff is our Philly guy, and I've uh, yes. been a huge fan of him. Um, he did a remix of Anderson Pac's Room in Here. That's really awesome. Um, definitely check that out. DJ Jazzy Jeff's remix of Anderson Pac's Room in Here. Um, John Legend has a new single called Love Me Now. Really amazing. Um, Bruno, Mar- Bruno Mars came back. Um, his song, 24 Karat. Is it Magic. 24 Karat? Yeah, I saw the video of that. What did you think of the video? I, You know, I thought it was very Bruno, you know. Um, I was like, and I wasn't sure if it was a new song or not, but I saw it yesterday. Um, I, I didn't watch it start to finish, I'm not going to lie, um, but I did see a good part of it. I, I, I just like Bruno Mars. I like his energy. I really do. I do, too. I love him. That's what I was, when you guys couldn't hear me, I kind of went on a little tangent about Bruno Mars. Um, Always a big fan of him, so I'm happy to see him back out with this song. If you guys like Bruno Mars, you're going to love this song, and hopefully it means there's an album around the the corner. So definitely stay tuned. I'll obviously keep you posted on that. Um, Speaking of new albums, Alicia Keys announced she's having a new album release um, called Here. That's the album name. And, um, yeah, she she had a big weekend last weekend. She had a show in... um, in uh, Madison Square Garden, and Jay-Z came out and did Empire uh, with her, Empire State with her, John Mayer came out. I think there was a bunch of people that ended up making a guest appearance for her show, so um, congratulations to her on a big show. That would show. have been cool. Oh, my God, yeah, just have, like, some awesome talent come out while you're watching Alicia Keys. I think that would be pretty badass. Um, so you're Alicia right. Keys... 
new album is here. The new single she released from the al- released from the album is called Blended Family. It features ASAP Rocky. Um, definitely check that out. I haven't been the biggest ASAP fan, but um, uh, this song's supposed to be awesome. So I, I am I'm definitely gonna get the get the whole album once it comes out. I'll keep you posted on the dates. So far, I haven't seen any. Um, Talib Kweli always been a favorite of mine. He teams up with Aloe Black and Problem for uh, a new single called Every Ghetto Part Two. Um, there was a part one to this uh, that you guys may remember a little while back. So um, definitely check it out. It's, it's I love Aloe Black's voice and and um, obviously Talib Kweli is the man. So we're gonna go into Maroon Five. They're teaming up with Kendrick Lamar for a song called Don't Want to Know. Um, really, really awesome stuff. Check that out. And last but not least, I guess you say it's either Sarah or Sarah. Um, it's S-A-R-A. Um, they're having a uh, glorious reunion uh, featuring George Clinton, Bilal, Miguel Artwood, Ferguson's Orchestra, and many more. Um, there's actually a video that I found on OK Player with this, and it was awesome so this song's called glorious and it's by sarah um so check that out and i know we're we're kind of I'm, because i got cut off for a little bit we're short on time so i just want to go straight into um festivals I, I you know i think we we touched on festivals at the beginning of the summer um and we talked about desert trip um which was the one that featured bob dylan neil young paul mccartney roger waters the rolling stones the who um huge festival up in Indigo, where they have in Indio, where they have um, Coachella. Coachella, and um, it was last weekend and and this weekend coming up. Uh, tickets are three hundred ninety nine dollars. That does not include your camping. That's just your ticket for a three day pass. Um, a lot, you know. I know my mom had a lot of fr- friends there. I had a lot of friends there, and apparently it was just epic. Like literally everything you thought it would be is what people are saying it was. Very, yeah you know, very, it, it changed their lives. And, and most festivals do, you know, and with a lineup like this, I could only imagine that times a billion, you know, that this is just huge for people of all ages. Um, so I definitely wanted to touch on that. If, if there are still tickets left, um, I'm sure you could probably still find them on StubHub, Craigslist, all those um, sites. But um, the, the trip is, desert, the festival's desert trip. Again, it's 399 It'll be in Indio. So check that out. Um, Harvest they call Moon that, Fe- can I just say one thing? They call that o- old cello. Instead of co-cello, it's old cello. <laughs> oh, old I like people. that. Yeah, old cello. Old cello. <laughs> that's yep. hilarious. Sorry. No, that, that, that's, that's <laughs> it's, you know, it's true. Like, it's like the Coachella, you know, is a lot younger. But I, I saw, like, a lot of my friends as well you know, heading up to this festival. So it definitely is um, multi-age, uh, uh, I don't even know, multi-generation fan favorites. So um, also we have the Harvest Moon Festival coming up. It's in Eureka Springs, Arizona, um, not too far away. This is what they call a jam grass festival. So it's kind of like jam band meets bluegrass, a lot more bluegrass Um Cool festival. It's got uh, it's capped at three thousand, so it's really intimate festival experience. Uh, you know, a lot of them are huge, and this is a lot more small. Um, 
Headlining is going to be Green Ski Bluegrass, The Infamous String Dusters, Railroad Earth, and some of my best friends from college, Turquoise. They're also in the headlining lineup. Um, props to them. The night that I was actually playing in Denver, they were they were headlining a, a show um, down the street. So um, really great to see Turquoise killing it, as always. Um, they also have really cool stuff here, like tie-dyeing activities, a bunch of yoga activities as activities for all ages young awesome. um kids as well yeah absolutely so that's the harvest moon festival it's supposed to be really really fun and and just really artsy and and um show vibes so if you're looking for that intimate um ex- you know intimate festival experience this is definitely the one to make your way to um and the, by the way these are all this weekend except for one so that's this weekend coming up um desert days days is d a z e um, this is in Joshua Tree. Um, this is going to be this weekend as well. Tickets range from 75 to 340. Oh, by the way, Harvest Moon is 135 for the, the whole three days. So it's not, wow. not too expensive at all. Yeah, it's, it's a great price. Um, and the Joshua Tree Festival, um, $75 to 340 depending on, uh, I guess, how many days you want to spend. Um the headliners for this one are Deer Hunter, Primus Television. Um, I don't think Andrew WK is headlining, but I put him on here just because a lot of people know who he is. Um, I used to watch him back in the, the CKY days. So that's going to be kind of a fun one in the desert. It's definitely going to be um, turning up for sure. That's going to be a loud concert and super fun. So um, if you're into that, go check out Desert Days. Um, also, this weekend, it's the 10th anniversary of Treasure Island. This is in San Francisco. It's just a two-day um, event. No camping. It's going to be on the 15th and 16th, which is Saturday and Sunday. Sega Ross, one of my favorite artists of all time. Sega Ross is performing. Ice Cube is performing with other members of NWA. Young Thug, James Blake, um, Zoo, which is Z-H-U, and Glass Animals. There's a bunch of people at this festival i just picked and same with desert days tons of people are at these festivals guys i'm just naming the headliners so there's a huge lineup go go check it out because of the 10th anniversary for treasure island um they did it up there's there's tons of people so again 10th anniversary of treasure island um i did not see a price on these but um i would assume it's not too bad probably in the 200 range especially because you're not camping um, so for all two days, I'd probably say around the 200 range. Um, and then the Beach Goss Festival, this is actually in my backyard in Orange County. The following weekend, this is going to be October 22nd, 23rd. Again, no camping. Um, the price on this one is 130, $175 to $205. Um, this is huge, and there's a lot of 90s favorites. So I'm super stoked about this. Um, I'm definitely going to... I mean, I have I have gigs both of those days, but I definitely want to check out to see it. Since it's not a camping festival, um, if I can catch some of it. It doesn't say exactly where it is. Um, it just says Orange County, but it says um, something like, uh, I want to say that there's an actual um, park, Oak Canyon Park, yes. So it's at Oak Canyon Park. I'm not sure where that is, but I know it is in Orange County somewhere. I'm not sure the exact city. Um, but this is going to have the Violent Femmes, the Growlers, Bonnie Vare, whose new album is absolutely amazing. I told you guys it was coming out two weeks ago. 
Um, and it has launched since then and come out and people are going crazy over it. So um, Bonnie Bear's there. Hopefully he does some new stuff. TLC is going to be there. Um, wow. Again, we see, yeah, I know. It's super exciting. Um, again, we see James Blake. He's also at Treasure Island the weekend before. So he's kind of really getting into this um, festival scene. Um, Gucci Mane is back. Um, he's also headlining this Beach Goth Festival. Um, Justice. It's having a DJ set that's going to be super awesome. RL Grime is going to be there. Future Island, King Cruel. Um, there's a ton of people. Patty Smith, The Faint. Um, so definitely make sure you check out this lineup. Um, again, it's October 22nd and 23rd, and the Growlers present the Beach Goth Festival. And um, that's also going to have a ton of activities um, for all ages as well. And that's all I got on on festivals and the art art world today. Um, that's what I got. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds great. So should we take a quick break and then we'll come back with, I want to talk about how to stay healthy holistically. And Does that work? Yeah. Sorry. I, I lost you for a second. Um, yep. That works. We're going to take a quick break guys. And then we're going to talk about how to stay healthy during this lovely win- winter season that's approaching around the corner. All right. Up Your Volume Morning Show Podcast and the Taking the Streets Tour are brought to you by Nativa. We would like to thank our good friends at Nativa for their support of the Taking It to the Streets Tour. We can't say enough about Nativa products. We adore that Nativa is committed to nurturing vitality by consciously curating the world's finest plant-based organic ingredients. In fact, most of the dishes in our house found on our kitchen table are made possible by the fine products from Nativa. For more information on all of their products, go to www.nativa.com. That's N-U-T-I-V-A.com. And Palm Done Right. You've probably heard the horror stories about palm oil. Orphaned orangutans, rainforests destroyed, smoldering fires that pollute the air? Thankfully, that is not all there is to this tale. There's another happier story that is yet to be told. One where farmers are empowered and communities thrive. One where animals and people are healthy. Where the land flourishes with diversity. And it's called Palm Done Right. Our good friends at Natural Habitats are committed to supporting the community with Palm Done Right. And we are honored to have them supporting the Taking It to the Street Store. To learn more, please head to www.palmdunright.com. Again, that's palmdunright.com. Hello, can everybody hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. It's so fun when so you're doing live, a, live yeah, broadcast. I was, about, I was just about to say, you're, you're up a mountain so high that you have to have somebody actually physically drive you there. Um, to get, yeah, get 7,000 feet up in Boulder. And, and and I am struggling to find um, internet working in my house. So I, I'm in now room number three, um, the closest room to the router, and hopefully we won't have any more problems. Yeah, you sound a lot clearer than you did earlier. So, um, yeah, well, luckily we don't get stressed out about these things. 
No, no. Um, and I've, and luckily our, our listeners are, are, are fully aware of this and understand right. and appreciate yeah. us for the honesty. So thanks for bearing with us, guys. If it's not dogs, it's internet connection. I mean, I remember the first couple of shows we did, we weren't even able to log on. And it was like 60 seconds before showtime. And, you know, we're well, that kind of in- happened this morning. I mean, we're like, yeah. <laughs> we're like sitting there chatting. And then all of a sudden it's like, your show will start at five. Four, and we're like, oh my God. And we're like, yeah. frantic. Um, so. we, you know, it, thank you for, for understanding. And I, I want to hear, how, keep me healthy, mom. That's, okay. That's, well, it's really interesting because, as you know, I'm doing this, taking it to the street store and living amongst the community. And, you know, a lot of the tips and tricks that I use to keep myself healthy and free of colds and flus, I've noticed that, you know, are, is new information to a lot of people. So I thought, well, let me just run down a quick list and I'll probably at some point maybe blog about this. But um, there are ways, you know, it's funny, I was with Dr. Walls recently and she, she said something so powerful to me. Um, she said, uh, we live a life, uh, pe- conscious eaters, especially Walls Warriors, um, mm. that is about prevention. So our lives and our diet and lifestyle are geared to prevention. So preventing, uh, you know, sickness, colds, flus, cancer, right. all of those things be- um, So when you're living a life of prevention, there are some things that are in your medicine cabinet, okay? And your medicine cabinet isn't what sits over the bathroom sink, believe it or not. It's in your kitchen. So bone broth is going to be the A number one defense that you can have all year long against colds, flus, and just keeping your body healthy. And what bone broth is, for people that don't know, is uh, it's you're cooking the bones of whether it's chicken, beef, bison, whatever, even fish. And you cook them for 24 hours with a little bit of apple cider vinegar and whatever spices and vegetables you want uh, to make a delicious tasting broth. Mm -hmm. Or a shorter time in a a pressure cooker allows all the collagen, the minerals, and all the goodness to come to seep out into the broth, which helps to fuel and feed your mitochondria, which are the powerhouse of your cells, which are what keep us healthy and alive and thriving. So I have bone broth every day. Now I'm on the road right now. So there's no way for me to be whipping up chicken broth or traveling around with beef broth. So there is a version, um, a dehydrated bone broth that is done by ancient nutrition. And that's what I do. You add water and there you go. You have your bone broth. So bone broth to me, it's called the elixir of health. It's the liquid gold in the paleo movement is the number one thing that you can do. And the thing that I like about Ancient Nutrition is that their bone broth, uh, they have a chocolate and vanilla version, which has stevia, um, but it opens the conversation and the door for your children to be able to give your kids what would be like a hot chocolate or a nice vanilla drink, maybe sprinkle a little bit of cinnamon on it. Delicious. So bone broth. The second thing is, is let's talk about some, some um, add-ons that are very important. Ginger is another super powerful ingredient that having ginger in your diet at least a couple days a week, if not every day, I try and have it almost every day in my smoothie. Coming from someone that hated ginger most of her life, now I'm like loving it. Um, Mm -hmm. Ginger is super important. Garlic, garlic, garlic. And being Italian, I think every meal has garlic. So garlic is super important. 
fermented foods, you know, your krauts, you know, any kraut. Um, fermented foods are really, really important to help you. Eating seasonally fruits and vegetables because that gets things as close to farm to table as possible. Mm-hmm. So it allows it to be the most nutrient dense. Speaking mm-hmm. of nutrient dense, nutrient dense foods, organ meats. Now I got to tell you, I suck at that, the organ stuff. So I take liver pills. I do. I don't think you so, suck at it. I think you do a good job. But yeah, liver pills would probably be for an, people that a good can't alternative. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I just don't see during my tour it being the best approach for me to, you know, in people's homes be like, well, tonight we're cooking liver. That's not going <laughs> to convert them to the food as medicine. So I had to convert to the liver pills. Um, but yeah, liver um, or any organ meat. Um, and I've eaten all of it. I mean, I've eaten, even eaten udder, which Dr. Walls is like, oh, I don't know if I would have done that. But I've tried it all. And I thought udder was quite delicious. Um, I don't so, think I could do that either. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. Um, as far as vitamins and uh, other things, vitamin C and vitamin D, super important. And a lot of people do cod liver oil. So vitamin C, vitamin D, and cod liver oil are great ways to help uh, ward off colds and flus. And then sleep. Can we just talk about sleep? We all need mm-hmm. somewhere between seven and nine hours of sleep. If you're not getting, that's really a number one important. If you're not getting a solid seven to nine hours of sleep, then it's going to be really hard to fight off anything. So sleep mm-hmm. is really important. And that also helps to minimize and manage stress. You know, if you're stressful and your lifestyle is not being supported by some form of movement and mindfulness, then that helps to open the floodgates for colds and flus because, you know, your resistance is lower. Your, your, your body is not performing optimally. So sleep and mindfulness and lifestyle changes are very, very important. Turmeric is another elixir, you know, using, I add that to my smoothies. I add it to my coffee, turmeric. And then if let's say you feel like, okay, I did all that and I'm still coming down with something. Zinc. Take zinc immediately. Uh, that will cut the, the, the amount of time down. So maybe if you normally feel crappy for 10 days, it might give you seven days. Maybe if it's seven days, it might make it five. Um, also, lemon, ginger, again, and teas are uh, – and honey. Honey is an actual antibiotic. If you feel something coming on, you know, recommend doing that right away. But if you do and this it stuff also every, is good for for uh, allergies, correct? Yes, very good for allergies. Local honey. So I'm a big allergy sufferer. Um, local honey is the best. Uh, raw honey, local, because it includes um, you know the local pollens that can help build up an immunity towards them. So you know, staying healthy for a lot of us has meant getting a flu shot. Um, I'm anti-flu shot. I highly don't recommend that. I think if you do all of this, but you'll be honoring your mitochondria, which will keep your body all year long, optimally functioning. And there really is no reason for people to get the yearly cold and flu. There just isn't. I have MS and I don't get the yearly cold and flu because I do all this stuff, but I did before I started doing all this stuff. So it's really up to you. You can get a flu shot and risk you know, whatever's going to happen. A lot of people get sick from the flu shot. There's been a lot of reported cases where the flu shot has triggered outcomes for people that, you know, they can never return from. Uh, right. Uh, the hepatitis vaccine for me woke up MS. So I don't take flu shots, especially consumer-driven pharmaceutical 
government-sponsored stuff. Never, never, never. When when I see signs all over companies advertising flu shots like the local pharmacy, the local Costco, I find that is not being – healthcare happening at pharmacy is not a good look. I'm sorry. It's no, just not. I, I completely Health, agree. Yeah. That's the consumer-driven outcome right there. That has nothing to do with us getting healthy. So if you want to get healthy, it happens in your kitchen and in diet and lifestyle. And that's really what I wanted to talk about. So that's well, I, today's – I also had a question. Um, out of all those things, I realized I need to definitely add uh, ginger to my diet. That's mm-hmm. definitely a big one. And I'm happy you brought up the um, the other types of bone broth because I think um, people can think of it just this the, the way it sounds is so, no, I don't want to drink bone broth. That sounds so weird. But I think you mentioning that the fact that they do have the vanilla and chocolate in, from Ancient Nutrition is awesome. And they taste amazing. Um, but I did want to also throw in there or or actually just get your uh, – see, see if you agree with it. Um, for the past probably, I want to say, like eight years now, um, I always have a bottle of um, – oregano oil that I'll take with warm water if I feel a cold coming on too. Um, yeah. And that's perfect. Yeah. I, I don't know if uh, you guys have, have ever heard of it, but yeah, I, I, I guess it was when I worked at nutrition one in college. Um, my boss that I worked with always told me, you know, this, when you, when you feel that, and this was before, I guess we really knew about all this other stuff. So yeah. I always just add, add that in and, um, always, always with my bone broth. I, I love it. I love making it. And it, you know, my mom said she's on the road, so she can't really make it. But when she did, um, you know, when, when anyone makes it, it makes your whole house smell great too. So you literally put it together in the morning or at night, leave it, come back to it. And it smells like it's, it's amazing. And it's so good for you. And what, what we used to do is just bottle it up in our Mason jars and, um, you know, keep some in the fridge, freeze some and, just have as much as possible on deck. So um, especially gearing up for, for the fall and winter, you know, it definitely is a lifestyle. I'm glad you talked about that. Cause we were, like she just said, we, we were um, in Colorado and we both are allergy sufferers and we were, we were definitely struggling and, and you know, stocking up on uh, bone broth and garlic and turmeric and all this stuff that she just mentioned. So um, for those of you and that. And setting off smoke alarms. Oh my God. She wanted to make me this. Don't get me crackling wrong. Crackling chicken. chicken. Crackling chicken is, is amazing. It's, it's the shit. It really is. But in a hotel in this, room, we're probably in like a 450 square foot room, something like that. If and even that. Yeah. Pretty. Yeah. Cool. If even that. And like the, the, they're like childproof window locks and like, Oh my God. You should, it literally looked like a scene out of like the funniest movie ever. We're like trying to open. They're like, the hotel's calling us to make sure we're not on fire, like, repeatedly. Several times calling. Oh, my God. And we're just like, yeah, we, we know we're cooking, like, and then we learned Crack- that we can't, we can't make fried chicken in a, uh, in a hotel a room. Pale, in a hotel room. So that's what and we learned. Paleo's, Nom Nom Paleo's recipe, crackling chicken, one of my favorites. Um, I actually have yeah. my Nom Nom Paleo socks on at my gig last night to keep me warm. Um, awesome. I thought about you because you just gave them to me. Um, well, I do see Justin's on the line, so we're going to take a quick break and have him right on the show. And can't wait. Woohoo! I can't wait either.
Are you laughing at me? I'm just laughing because we do a live show and just all the things that happen during a live show make me laugh. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no worries. Yeah, I, I, I always laughing at, at the dogs and, and chaos we have. But I want to wish a very happy morning to Justin Hunt that's on the line. Woohoo! Hello, hey, my friend. Hey, good morning. How are you good doing? Morning. I'm doing wonderfully. Thank you guys for having me. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, we can hear you. We've been having all kinds of technical difficulties here, but you sound loud and clear, my friend. <laughs> fresh for fresh for 9 a.m. PST. Yeah, right, right, right. I'm over here in, in mountain time, my first time in mountain time. And also my first time, like, I don't know if you remember back in the day when I used to eat processed food, like you'd make like a Duncan Hines cake and it would say at higher altitude, do this. Like, I always thought, well, who are those people? I was one of those people last night. I was trying to cook a dinner, and you have to, like, change things when you're at 7,000 feet and you're cooking. I Who knew? So I was I all proud. Think, yeah, I officially. I don't it think is I ever noticed that. Yeah. No, literally, I don't think everything I ever changes. I either. 7,000 feet is definitely high. I'm way up here and li- literally living in the clouds. It's amazing. So much that I'm afraid to drive my car down. So the poor people who my friends whose house I'm living in are like helping me get my car down because I have people to see. And I'm like, uh, I drove it up, but I'm afraid to drive it down because it's straight down 3.7 miles straight down. And I don't think anyone has driven this in a little Fiat. I mean, it's like, (laughs) J-Lo Mobile isn't meant for mountains. No, no, it's meant for just like New York City or something, you know. I'm only, yeah, yeah, this is uh, V from the block, and you know, definitely looking out of place in Boulder (laughs) with a red Fiat. Um, Pretty funny. So we mentioned earlier that you and I met at Worlds, which was an amazing experience. Fantastic experience. It really was, and um, it was very interesting because the first thing that really caught me about you was. Um, you shared with me how you went from being, you know, an investment banker, I believe in New York City. Is that correct? Correct. And then now, you know, following a passion, you've always had a music passion and mm-hmm. now a brand ambassador for Hip Hop DX, who does like a jack of all trades, you host, write and produce the breakdown, which I've watched several of those uh, videos that you've done. And I just would love if you could share with us, like, how did that transition happen? Did you oh, just well, wake up? one day and be like, whoa, or was it well thought out? How did it work? Um, was it well thought out? I think things always seem to be more well thought out until you start walking. Um, right. <laughs> so, but, uh, I mean, you know, I, it's kind of funny. Like I, uh, my entire generation grew up with hip hop. We are the hip hop generation. So that's always been something that's been <laughs> in the atmosphere. Um, but for me, uh, I was working at, Bank of America Securities, and um, this artist named Lupe Fiasco came out, mm-hmm. and I was really, really passionate about his music. I loved his storytelling. I loved the messages behind it, and this was 10 years ago this month. Wow, this is 10 years, actually. Wow, essentially. So 10 years ago this month, and I was 25 at the time, and at that time, I just felt really jaded by everything that was happening in hip hop as I saw it on television, as I saw it on the radio, like everything seemed to be really monolined. 
the sounds seem to be changing in a direction that didn't emphasize lyrics or content or message uh, messages in the same way. It was just becoming something that I just that was separate from what I was used to from the diversity that I grew up with within hip hop. And I just wanted to tell all my friends about it. So I emailed all my friends like <laughs> pretty much every day. <laughs> It's called the Ben Fiasco's Daily Quotable. And I'd email him a different Lupe lyric every day. Nice. I love that. Yeah, it was so dope. And uh, I just, it was more of an escape and just to share with them this music that I really love. And a friend of mine, you know, she was like, hey, you need to start a blog. And I was like, blogs are played out. You know, this is too (laughs) bad. I didn't know what I was talking about. I was just talking about it. So she was like, no, here. So she took some of my emails and then put them into a blogspot page and showed it to me. She's like, see, look, now everybody could see your emails. You could save your emails and they'd be there for anybody who ever want to see them. And I was like, oh, wow, this is actually really, really cool. And so I went home that night, created my own blogspot page, and or at least that we created my own blogspot page and just started uh, writing about rap in my, my free time, like, you know, as – a hobby mm-hmm. more than anything else. I didn't, I wasn't looking to do this as, as a career, right. but um, over, so I'd go to work and have my normal course of business. And then at night I'd come home and just like nerd out on like these super long album reviews that nobody ever read or, you know, like, yeah. write these editorials that were so profound <laughs> to myself as the only reader. And no one, <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> and so I, I really uh, fell in love with the passion and that's when I was like, okay, you know, if I could do this all the time, what would my life look like? Like, if I could make a teacher's salary doing this, would I be happy? And I was like, yeah, that'd actually be kind of dope if I could just write about rap all day. And so it was at that point when I started uh, benchmarking other publications that I would read. So uh, Benchmark Hip Hop DX, which is a publication I, I work for now, uh, All Hip Hop, a lot of different sites. And I found, I got my, I realized that I was competitive. Like not everything <laughs> I wrote was better than what I was reading, but not everything was worse than either. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I could actually do this. And uh, so I put together a plan in 2009. I, I left the firm. I spent three years running around New York City talking to pretty much any rapper <laughs> that I met mm-hmm. just trying to get reps and uh, ended up uh, uh, hosting and producing a couple of radio shows, hosting and producing events along the East coast, uh, writing for a few different publications. And then in 2013, I was offered the opportunity to be editor in chief of hip hop DX, which is my favorite hip hop website. And then, uh, so I moved out to Los Angeles to take over DX uh, and I ran DX uh, for three and a half years. And then this, uh, this past September, I stepped away to focus on uh, more specific endeavors. One being the breakdown, uh, really building a great show. Now, like I understand how to run a large website. Now I want to figure out how to write or build a really great show in a visual medium uh, as well as uh, some other projects uh, and endeavors that I'm passionate about now. So uh, that's 10 years and I guess maybe four minutes. And four minutes. Wow. <laughs> well, that's a, that is a very, I mean, that's the story that everyone can understand and relate to because you took some steps and it's funny, you say that you were writing all that stuff and no one was listening. That's how I've often felt about my blog. And then, you know, I meet someone and they're like, 
yeah, I've been reading your blog for a year. And I'm like, you really? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, I thought I was the only one that read my blog. It's Um, humbling, right? Really humbling. It really is. And then you realize how, you know, you know, not only, I mean, I always take things seriously, but now it's become like, I feel like I have people that depend on me to deliver, um, you know, content that, you know, is um, sort of outside of the the cultural norm, um, which is how my brain works anyway. And I, you know, it's really made it more important to me than before. Before it was like me just, oh, I just have to tell people this. But now it's like there are people waiting to hear stuff. So I do try and give people what I know that they want to hear. Um, I, the thing, the thing I like about your breakdown, the the episodes that I've watched is, um, I really like when you do, um, and Nikki does this a lot on our show because I'm not, I didn't grow up with hip hop. I'm, you know, in my fifties, but I grew up with a daughter who's in music and I also am from Philly where the roots are. So, I mean, you want to talk about, you know, some culture, we're definitely Philly people. Um, but I like how you do like where they are now and what if, and, um, you you sort of, which Nikki does, we talk about how the evolution of hip hop and where things are today. And I think that's really important. I don't know of any other musical genre that I have felt the origin being so important. And because, you know, hip hop is a message, yeah. It's 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 spoken poetry a lot of time to me. That's how I see it. And I feel like it's separate from all other music. I mean, does it feel that way to you as someone who covers hip hop that it's Yeah, I think you know, I think I think hip hop benefits from a few things. One of them is uh at its best, you know, there is a gravitational pull to make life better. <laughs> you know, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you look, when I think about you know, the at least for me Personally, the albums that affected me the most, you know, inspire me to work harder or to, you know, be more considerate of people from different backgrounds mm-hmm. or to overcome this great albatross that's keeping me from right. what it is that I want to accomplish. Um, it, it's also, you know, pretty young and also at the same time, there's a lot of technology around to document it, <laughs> right? Like my first mm-hmm. memories of television were also hip hop's first time on TV, which was at the birth of cable television, you know, like, so yeah. like that's like a range of information that, you know, we've been able to beam into our, our, our brains at a very young age through mediums that really didn't exist for rock and roll, jazz, classical, any other medium. Uh, you play right. video, put video game or social media on top of that. And uh, it's just part of one of those languages that this generation speaks reflexively. You know, I don't care where, what race you are, where you're from, what country you're from. Uh, your mm-hmm. background, you can talk about rap. You might not, you might not feel like an expert, but I'm pretty sure you got a rap song that you can recite. You, you probably know the Fresh <laughs> Prince of Bel-Air intro. At That's bare minimum, true. you know, Absolutely. just like, just like you can play a video game. You know something about Tetris. You know what Mario, you know where Mario's from. You probably think it's weird that Japan's biggest export is an Italian guy who fixes <laughs> Italian plumber. You know, like, <laughs> you know about Mario. You know about social media, you know, to some degree. And so it's part of just mm-hmm. the cultural fabric of what it means to be uh, Generation X, Millennial, specifically. Um, that's the thing I love about hip hop. But the thing that separates it more than anything else from other genres of music is that it is inherently, and a lot of times, and at least part of the story, strategically competitive. 
you know, like all the elements were had this uh, uh, factor of, of expansion or being better than the next. Are you the best MC? Right. Or, right. Uh, mm-hmm. you're artist, can you get your tag more places? Uh, are you mm-hmm. is your is your helicopter off beat if you're a b boy? You know, and so mm-hmm. that facets of that make drive the individual to continue to you know outdo at least in their mind outdo or, or it sparks a level of competition amongst everybody who's involved and yeah. then the other thing is that hip-hop africa bambada dubbed hip-hop an actual culture um by embracing different facets of what was happening in the Bronx. so you had the music the mcs who were introducing the djs the djs who were spinning the music um, the b-boys who were the break dancers and that's just the style of dance that everybody was doing but then yeah. essentially co-opted the graffiti artist and you know from a technical standpoint for anything to be a culture there has to be an element of visual art mm-hmm. of music of dance of, of spoken word etc so by co-opting graffiti which is kind of goes back to like the mid to late 60s in philly shout out to philly yeah right <laughs> hip-hop ends up really being something that's much more than just a genre of music. So I think all those things separate it from uh, what we think of when we think of any other trend that might happen over the radio. Absolutely. I mean, even just, uh, I I know when I was growing up, I was studying classical music, but um, the main thing that I was influenced by, you know, as an umbrella of everything that I did was hip hop. Hip hop inspired me to want to do music in the first place. Um, and I think, you know, like you're saying, as it being a culture, I mean, that's, I mean, that's why I even have a playlist on this, on this podcast is just to share with people songs that I feel like are super in, in, influential. Um, and hip hop has always been just a huge influencer, especially on our generation. Um, and there's all, all different kinds too. Like there's some people that are going to lean more towards uh, some commercial hip hops. Other people are gonna like the underground. There's just a whole different scene and world, and I feel like uh, a lot of people, you know, definitely come together a little bit more in the hip hop community than um, you know, pop or country, some of the other genres, um, because it definitely is so so heavily influenced. Um, so I I completely agree with it. The, the culture aspect of it. Yeah, it's interesting. We, uh, <clears throat> Hip Hop DX, uh, this parent company is called Cherry Media, and Cherry Media also owns, uh, I believe it's the oldest country music website. And so uh, that publication is run by a guy named Matt Bjork. He's based in Nashville, as he should be. And just the differences in how their audience interacts with country music versus the way the DX audience interacts with hip hop is you know, it's striking, you know, like a lot of times the country fan, at least within this one site, uh, they're looking for certain artists and certain songs. They're not really looking to see what's happening, you know, in the broader country space. Um, and I think that's mm-hmm. just a small example of some of the differentiation between what it, the community aspect or culture aspect that circles around hip hop. I mean, as someone, you know, a little older, um, for me, hip hop has given me an education as well about life, about it is, it has helped me to question my status quo because a lot of times we live in this bubble and we only know our own world and it has opened my mind to the thoughts of other people and the struggles and the joys. And, you know, I, 
the only like there's been a few artists that I grew up with that have done stuff like that like but as a culture I think that hip hop really allows all of us to sort of question our own status quo and I believe that a lot of the I I believe it's spoken word uh, a large majority of it you know really can help us to become a better person if we listen to the message that's being presented and it's not like go get the girl it all the time. I mean, there's some bad, I mean, I'm a big fan of common and um, you know, his message. I also, you know, like the roots. I, I mean, because I lived with my daughter. So I, sort of, no, I was just about to say, it makes me so happy to hear you. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, I, my first, introduction was you know fresh prince you know it was you know because he was from philly and he was talking about you know summertime well that was our summertime like i totally get that that was but then you know because you were my daughter and she's you know talib kwali and you know all of this stuff that she's bringing into the house making me listen to for me it was well i just i just remember i just remember that one christmas where i literally asked her for like maybe like 30 albums i was shocked and and it was all hip hop, and I'm like I'm probably like nine or ten, and I'm like okay, I want like Jay Z's all the blueprints. Like I'm like going through this list, and she's like okay, nah, and you asked me, yep, everybody, uh, yeah, Illmatic and and everything, and this is yeah, had to be when I was like eight years old in 1996 because there was just a laundry list of albums that came out that year that were just I mean, epic. So um, yeah, you know, as, as she, yeah, as she's getting me like. You know, Tupac, Reasonable Doubt, mm-hmm. Illmatic, all these like amazing albums. And she's like, what the heck is going on? And it's like, you know, it's like parental guidance, parental guidance. Like everything came with a warning. <laughs> she's like, should I be giving this to like my eight-year-old child? But you were so understanding of of the message. And that's why, you know, as if people already on this podcast don't know how much of a badass my mom is, um, you were just really open to um, – the message and I was able to explain her a lot of stuff, especially when like tribe was coming out and um, yeah, yeah, all these things. And I'd play her like, you know, and, and, and just kind of showing, um, cause, cause you know, my mom and I aren't too far apart in age. You're not, you're not ancient yet, mom. I hate to tell you, you're, you're, (laughs) um, you are definitely, you know, a part of this generation for sure. And I think, um, you're definitely globetrotting. Yeah, yeah there we go. Is right. <laughs> and and the funny thing is just being able to show her, okay, this is the original, like a lot of the songs she knew the original song for, so she'd be able to, like, oh, I love this beat. And it'd be like a really easy transition to get her to hear, you know, the message of these other songs. Because she'd be like, oh, mm-hmm. man, like she, she's a huge R&B fan. So it was, um, you know, a lot of like the funky R&B stuff um, or even the jazz stuff that they're, they're using as samples. Um, you know, it's kind of cool to, to cross translate that aspect of it. And um, yeah, she, she definitely, I'm sure when you watch me on stage, mom, you're like, my job is done. But when I heard you say that about hip hop, I'm like, all right, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I mean, that's dope. I mean, it's, I think, uh, I think you, you, uh, you made a great point though. I mean, the spoken word aspect of it is as old as humanity, you know, people have been telling stories forever and uh, now they're just telling stories that rhyme over, Dope beats, you know. Yeah, and these are uh, stories that a lot of us never, you know, um, they're just eye-opening, uh, you know. And I'm sure that is a big part of. 
down is for you to, you know, create content that, you know, opens our eyes to what's happening in hip hop. Right. Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, I hear something like Papa was a Rolling Stone, like 30 mm-hmm. years later, that would have been wrapped, you know, like that's, yeah. that's, that's yeah. really the black American dad story, you know, to a degree to quote Drake, as he said, Absolutely. you know, so I think like people talk about love in a million different ways, you know, like, I don't know if necessarily the content of the experiences is different as much as, you know, the, the energy or the angst behind it or the energy. Maybe uh, that's that, what it is. The it's the goes, energy. You know? Yep. Yeah. And then plus it's not being sung. Right. So, you know, there's an immediate, at least in the beginning of hip hop, there was an immediate reflex to discount it because in our minds yeah. it's more difficult to sing, which it, I, I will agree that it is extremely, extremely difficult to sing. Like there's, you making your body an instrument that is otherworldly, you know? So we don't think about, you know, the way people speak or someone who's writing a poem in the same way. Like I don't think about Edgar Allan Poe as a great vocalist, you know, like I don't right. even know what it sounds like. <laughs> right. <laughs> tremendous with words, but like, you know, I'm not going right. to you know put him up there as one of the great vocalists, uh, just reflexively. I just think about those things as 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 different. And I'm not, Absolutely. you know, I don't think we've been taught that our poetry comes with beats. And I think that was mm-hmm. probably a big hurdle for hip hop to to get over. But once you get down to it, it's, it's still love, it's success, it's pain, it's joy, it's challenges. You know, I, you know, they're not always, like, you know, sometimes you're chopping somebody up with a, you know, a machete, I guess, in mm-hmm. a park. <laughs> maybe that's right. you know the struggle that you're going through or how things make you feel but is that really that dissimilar from some of the things Edgar Allan Poe talked about you know I don't know right. it's more Absolutely. universal than it, than it seems sometimes Absolutely. Actually true so so what uh, you know where are you headed what, what would you like our listeners to know about you and, and where can they find you and all that good stuff well first they should check out hiphopdx.com every day it's the number one yeah. news website on the mm-hmm. internet and we do, um, we cover everything that's happened. It, I, you know, it's funny. I had an interesting discussion yesterday. As I, you know, temper this thought. We don't necessarily cover hip hop in the hip hop sense. Like we don't spend a lot of time talking about graffiti. We're not talking a whole lot about DJing. And mm-hmm. sadly, our audience just really hasn't shown an interest. So, you know, I think there's a, a pull to say, oh, we're talking about hip-hop, that means we're talking about all five elements um, consistently. And right. we're not. We focus more on the music, and we focus more on the artists. We focus more on the spectrum in which sound now comes out, whether that's mainstream things that you hear about or really talented new artists that you need to pay attention to because they will make your life infinitely better at some point. Um, so we're music-based sites primarily. Um, and the show, The Breakdown, is the show that uh, I write, produce, and host, and created. And it comes every, we drop a new one every Saturday on YouTube. And uh, what this is, is like, we used to do a daily news show. And then on Friday, we kind of did a recap of what was happening, the biggest story that week. And depending on how big that news story was, would basically determine how successful our recap video was because mm-hmm. nobody really wants to see a recap video anymore you know by the time we talk about anything is old you've seen it on the internet you watched it on facebook so we changed it from a news show to a video editorial every week and so we look into uh things that 
people consider but maybe don't think about in the same in this context, right? We did one, for example, on how do you beat Drake in a rap beef? You know, like if you're going to beef with Drake, who's the <laughs> biggest guy right now, and he's right. just sending L's everybody's way, everybody's coming through him, coming to him. Like, how do you beat him in a rap beef? On just a lyrical level, not like drama. We're not trying to go shoot Drake after his show. But like, mm-hmm. you know, like if you were to lyrically go at him, what would that look like? How would you approach it? And we look into his history in Canada. Drake has been in 10 years worth of rap beefs in Canada. Most people don't know that kind of stuff. You know, we look at how some of his recent confrontations have played out over social media, which is a place that he's great at, you know, and here's the, here's his holes, you know, um, for example, or we'll look at Lupe Fiasco, who's the artist that started this off for me. And he yeah. had something incredible happen. Like he had two albums, the label released only because of two incredible things. The first one was released because his fans held a New York City sanctioned protest outside of Atlantic Records. They navigated the legal system and paid money to protest a record label to release an album just so they could buy it. Just so they could buy it. It's one of the oddest inversions of capitalism in music history, uh, which is wild. And then Another album from the same label, they wanted to shelve another album because it didn't have any hits on it. And Anonymous threatened the record label over Twitter. The Internet's Batman swooped in to save Lupe Fiasco's record. It's just incredible. These are things that people should appreciate. You know, like this is when you talk about, you know, fan mobilization or inspiring people to, Mm -hmm. to move through your music. You know, this is an example of what it looks like. And the only thing Lupe makes is message music. Like, he doesn't make songs about twerking, you know? (laughs) (laughs) He won a Grammy Award for making a song about a project building that turns into a robot. Like, you know how complicated it is to make a song about a project (laughs) building? I've never even heard that thought vocalized. Like, I've never walked through the projects with my cousins and one of them said, you know what, this building was a robot. (laughs) Like, it's just incredibly complicated. You want a Grammy for that. Like, it's just the power of, of message music, which yeah, I think we lose absolutely. quite a lot of times. So uh, we look into topics like that on the breakdown. And this week we're going to look into uh, Kendrick Lamar, who has some yes. really interesting uh, successes right now, and we want to highlight those. So that will come out this Saturday at uh, 10.30 a.m. EST. Awesome. awesome. And everyone can find you at The Company Man on all socials, right? At the company man on all socials, that's exactly it. And yo, I want to say thank you too so much. Uh, thank you to you too, Diane. I mean, I've been watching. Obviously, we met at Worlds, but just watching your uh, your incredible journey play out over Facebook uh, has helped me through some some challenging times over. I guess since Worlds, really. Uh, one, I tore my Achilles tendon, so I'm currently <laughs> laid up and drugged oh, up. No. Uh, so now I'm putting my, you know, this is a real mental challenge for me. I'm not nearly as mobile as I've been. But listening to you talk about the challenges that you went through fighting a mess and not being able to move and being immobile and, and, and you know, coming out on the other side, literally making other people's lives better uh, is something I think about every day. So I really appreciate uh, you and everything that you're doing. Well, thanks so much. It's, uh, you know, it's all moral obligation. You know, it's, it's some moral backbone that I have that's in, huge and strong that I feel like I, you know, have to take my message to the streets because uh, the way I've done this is accessible to everyone. And it doesn't come from a doctor's office or a pill bottle. It just comes from learning how to love yourself and just changing the narrative around the way you live your life. So I'm just grateful that I get the chance to be me, really, yeah. you know. 
I really am. I can't even believe that I am who I am. <laughs> well, we all are, and we appreciate you. Well, thank you so much. And this is really awesome. Uh, yeah, I really love having so you much, on here. And well, I'm so excited both. that we're part of the world's tribe. I don't know if you're going to be in New York for November 1st. I'm trying to make that happen. Did you get that little notice? I did. I want to go so badly. I'm not sure if uh, my injury will allow me to. Yeah. For the first yeah. couple of weeks, they told me to keep my leg elevated. And then, obviously, the cabin pressure in the airplane can cause swelling with, uh, uh, with my calf. So we'll see. But uh, I definitely want to be there. Yeah, the same place. here. Yeah. Otherwise, well, I know look- we- Oh, I was Go going ahead. to say good luck on the healing process of that. Thank you. Thank you very much. And this will be available on iTunes just in another hour or so. If people want to catch it later, they can go to iTunes, and okay. I'll make sure to post it around. But uh, it's up your volume, and uh, all you know, you can replay it on iTunes or Blog Talk Radio, just so that everyone knows. And you can find Justin at the Company Man. It was a pleasure, my friend. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you both. I enjoyed it. Have a great day. All right. Ciao, ciao. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.